This is a Quite the Thing media production of Quite the Music, distributed as part of Quite the Music collab. Hi everyone, my name is Gary Morris and welcome to the second episode here of Quite the Music. Last week we had Mark Reed from A1 on as our special guest and we've got quite the guest for episode two. Uh, warm welcome to Sean Smith. Evening Sean. Evening Gary, thanks for having me on. No, you're more than welcome. It's uh, a pleasure to have you. Um, now, listeners to the show will we'll probably know you most from um, a band called Same Difference uh, back uh, X Factor Series 4 back in 2007. God, it feels as if it wasn't quite as long ago as that, but um, that's certainly where folk probably will know you best from. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Scotsman himself, Leon Jackson, won it that year. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, so, so obviously yourself, uh, your sister Sarah, uh, involved in that. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of X Factor um, as we go um, on this episode. Um, but you, you've kind of branched out um, solo album uh, called Solo, um, which has done very well for you. And most recent release, um, a, a swing album uh, with, with some very interesting covers of some 90s pop hits, which is So Me. Um, and we'll talk a lot about uh, how that came to, to pass and how you picked some of the songs on there as well. Um, but yeah, just kind of talk us a little bit about kind of what's been happening, obviously, since uh, obviously you stopped performing alongside Sarah with the same difference. Well, it was a, an interesting one because she went off to do her own dance school in the end. And we started pretty much started that business together. But I knew in my heart because when we first went on to the X Factor, I wanted to go solo. And Sarah kind of came along for the ride on the X Factor. Okay. Um, so it, it was it, I always felt like I wanted to go back to that and I knew that you know you, you see a lot of artists that are from these sort of cheesy pop bands or they're sort of Disney kids or something like that mm. and then they can show their sort of sexuality eventually <laughs> you know and I always knew that, that was somewhere that could possibly go mm. and um, you know since she decided to go it alone she's got a couple of kids now you know everything's going really great with her performance school it sort of led the path for me open to um to go and do that solo career that i've always wanted so mm. um i've got an amazing label in in energized records it, it was a really good fit for me um and yeah just sort of um, there was a there was a, a few years where i was kind of finding my way back in theater because obviously that's that's your bread and butter in this industry yeah. so i did um did some really cool shows like some some touring shows went to australia china and i also did that uh, we will rock you the sort of queen and ben elton uh, musical but yeah. um yeah but really everything's been kind of focused on you know getting this solo career away and and it's been it's been fantastic, a really good journey, and I've enjoyed it. And although it's on an independent, I've had some some real success of it since. So, um, 
Yeah, obviously not to the same level as uh, our time with uh, on the X Factor and you know the whole huge name stuff that comes with that. But Ooh. it's it's been sustainable and, and really enjoyable and, and how I always imagined it would be. And I think what I've been really impressed with as well is that even with the the album solo which came out last year, um, it's still finding traction now with various remixes and uh, you're getting success pretty much worldwide with that. I think I remember seeing recently that it had gone to number one in the vocal charts in the Philippines, for example, with one of the one of the remixes of the, the old Richard Marks song Hazard, and um, that's just kind of opened you up to, to brand new audiences that probably wouldn't even recognise you from the, the kind of X Factor days. That's the great thing about the solo stuff. It's, it's really strange because it's kind of gone everywhere and um that i mean i suppose that's the beauty of social media and you know you, you're one click away from someone on the opposite side of the world now but um i mean with same difference we, everything all the success that we had was the uk i mean it's incredible to say we, we're gold selling artists but that was the uk um now it's you know we, we found out that we're number one in the itunes chart in argentina for example and it's just it's it's crazy how things have have kind of moved and changed for me but it's great that i'm managing to find these new fans yeah absolutely and i suppose that is the the value of things like spotify and be able to just put your, your music out anywhere for people to find it and i mm. think with it when it builds a bit of traction and kind of gets into these different markets then that, that can open you up and i think obviously when you're doing like covers as well and covers of well-known songs but a different spin uh, which we'll come on to when we talk about the swing stuff that it, it just brings that kind of brand out there to people that, that wouldn't quite have maybe picked that up yeah well it's like this thing with the algorithms on these on these things now it's you know if, if people are listening to something similar to you it will give them the option and then they become fans Ooh. just by finding you and and i do love that way of work and i think i think it's great but also you know getting that traction is not as easy as you might think and you might have one song that will all of a sudden just blow up and you just think how has that happened and you know this is the crazy thing as long as you keep loving your work and finding ways to make new music and you, you love what you're doing then i think you know you can stand by it and then when it does make the traction you know you put your heart and soul into it yeah so a solo is a lot of the stuff on there self-written as well because i know there's only a couple of uh, covers on there um, I think on that album, actually, I, I will be honest, um, I think only one of them is fully written by myself. Mm. Um, I think a lot of them are like, you know, demos that have been reproduced that are by great writers. But it's this is the thing, I get demos sent to me all the time, and you can tell instantly when when a song's going to work for you. Yeah. Um, but then having said that, I've also gone in and, and recorded songs that I thought were absolutely perfect that, that really weren't for me when, the, when they finally came back. So I'm very open to kind of knowing where I want to go. Um, but I, what I will say is with the second Same Difference album, we were signed to um, Pop Life. And with that one, I've, I was very proud because we we wrote in excess of 50% of the album. So mm. we have got that talent. It's just I would rather put out a song that I know is great because I can feel it myself yeah. um, rather than because sometimes when you write your own stuff you can get really attached to it and you don't know if it's really that good <laughs> you know <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and other people will be brutally honest or they just won't listen <laughs> so, so you kind of uh, I'll know when I hear a song that somebody else has written that I really like for myself yeah. So, um, full disclaimer: I actually bought the first Same Difference album. Um, so I, I'm a, a big, massive kind of pop fan. Um, oh, I love very, it. Very, very happy to admit that. And um, 
one of the uh, it's just ticked every box. Like I've always been quite open to say that Steps are like my favourite band of all time. Um, so to to kind of have when you guys came out after X Factor and obviously there was a kind of bit of a link there with kind of Pete Waterman as well as it was almost like a kind of second coming um, which uh, promised a lot um, and I think uh, obviously We Are One which is still uh, a very good pop song just just now and did really well for you so um, <laughs> Thank you very much. It was uh, I thought you were going to say something else. It promised a lot but didn't deliver. <laughs> no, 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 no. no um, honestly, I mean, amazing times. I'm still proud of where I won to this day, and it still gets so much traction, even though it's so many years after. And I, just the other day, I had, um, you know, some some random teenagers get in touch, and they were singing. I think they were, had a few to drink, <laughs> and they were singing the song and punching their arm in the air, just like we did back in 2008. And I think how are these these kids finding it or maybe for them they were young kids and it was just nostalgic to them i don't know maybe we've become that but for me steps were everything back in the 90s and yeah. i'm sure we'll get onto it later on with the um the swing album but obviously Absolutely. i've got one of their songs uh mm. on there i could not help myself because everywhere in our house um when i was younger steps was playing and loud as well because my sister she would just she was that she was that kid that was always listening <laughs> to music and uh yeah. i knew every every word every dance step because you know often as kids you you would just kind of play together and learn these dance routines and everything like that and it's it's it was part of my upbringing sure so we'll let's go on to that um first kind of same difference album then um and then we'll go back to talk a little bit about x factor itself so you mentioned being very proud of, of kind of we are one but as someone that bought the album i think let me be the one's the strongest song on that album i think yeah. uh, that's a, a really really good pop song and anyone that's not familiar with it i urge you to go out to, to itunes or to spotify or whatever and download that one it's an actually belter of a song and i also like the fact that you you did a, a kylie cover on there as well and turn it into love yes you did indeed yeah i'm, I'm really really proud of that we, mm. we actually went in and recorded the original version with um with mike stock and mm. uh, unfortunately it it was such a sort of out there different style version that it didn't really fit with the rest of the album so they just used the same producer in the end but actually i really i really loved it and um it's kind of got lost in the archives which is such a huge shame but um i, I do remember going in and recording with him and, and that was an experience in itself because i mean he's got an absolutely huge house and he's got like five supercars you know <laughs> it's, yeah. i think he gave us a lift to the train station in a it was either a Maserati or a Lamborghini or something. And it was just, just insane, insane to, to see it. And But what a legend. Yeah, absolutely. And then If You Can't Dance on the album as well is another one of my favourites. Um, oh, we wrote like, that. Uh, so I'm very proud yeah. of you said that. Yeah, that was one that we, uh, that we wrote. So we actually wrote two on the same day. Um, bearing in mind, you know, you'd write songs every single day. And those were the two that got down to like, you know, the last minute. And only If You Can't Dance made it, unfortunately. I think back then there was a lot of um, like politics happening, you know, where it was like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of vibe mm. among among Psycho, the, the label was Santi Simon Cow's label. Because I think like there was some reason he'd this songwriter had given a song to Leona, which Simon had been chasing. And he said, well, only if you take this other song as well. And uh, it meant that another song that we wrote, which was called Jump, never made the album. And we, we were devastated. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we wrote them both on the same day, actually. You know, if you can't dance and jump. And actually, I thought Jump was more had more about it. It was kind of like reach for the stars okay take, 
too you know it, it had that kind of because we had this thing sarah and i where we really wanted like dance moves to be part of it so that everyone mm. just like steps because we knew what that meant to us when we were growing up yeah to sort of learn the moves and to to you know be dancing in your mirror at home and being able to do all these all these dance moves and the the, the, the songs were easy enough that you could follow them and it it was everything to us yeah, and I think one of the things, obviously, that came off the back of X Factor was the, the kind of the high school musical branding and styling, and I wasn't really necessarily sure that naturally kind of fitted you guys in terms of who you two actually were. Um, Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting you should say that because, yeah, I mean, the, the weird thing was the high school musical kind of helped us to arrive on, on the show because um, we did Breaking Free, and I think it was like the second week, and after that, we kind of became fan favourites and, you know, we were never in the bottom two. And I think the fact that we were linking ourselves to that and we did a good performance of it kind of. But at the same time, but I, it was really weird because I remember um, Simon Cowell was we had a meeting and he was either like you're either that British thing like like steps or you're that all American. And then you've got an opportunity to kind of go to other countries and everything so where do we go and and he decided to do everything out in LA and as much as we had amazing times of it I think we could have been like almost you know a, a, more of a treasure in the UK and yeah. could have had a big career off the back of that in, instead but um I mean look you, you can't <laughs> these these are decisions that shape your life and you can't look back and, ch- and change anything but it's interesting you should say that because I think we, we could have been you know very sort of got a really good niche following off, mm. off the back of, of being like that absolutely so obviously x factor was kind of where you guys kind of came about uh, and you mentioned earlier the fact that that was something you kind of started uh, kind of doing yourself and obviously um your sister kind of came along for that but how do you think kind of x factor went because i've certainly felt over really kind of last kind of five six years it, they kind of stopped caring about it being a, a music show and it was more a TV programme and um, they really stopped really promoting their artists off the back of it in terms of them being recording people and even very successful people off it that won it, let's say like Ben Haynow and people like that. Yeah. They, they just As soon as the show finishes, it's forgotten about or they, they, they allow you every week to build up an audience with phone vote and then they just don't do anything with you for nine months. And I think as an artist, that must be really frustrating is to go, I've built up an audience. These are people that like me, that have spent money and invested in voting for me and you're now not giving them you. 100%. I mean, you've pretty much said it all there. It's, it was such a shame because towards the end of my career, well, I say towards the end of my career, I mean, I'm still bang in the middle of it, really, as far as age is concerned. But um, I, I feel like now it's almost not... Not, whereas it's not great to be associated with it because towards the end it just wasn't doing as much and it was like flogging a dead horse you know mm. and uh that, that that's that's not good because for years it was like if you said you were on the x factor even if they couldn't remember you from three or four years ago it was still something amazing and something to be and then when you turn around and say of course you, you made it to third and you got signed off the back of it then all of a sudden it gives you some kudos but it got to a point where it just it wasn't doing that anymore it was almost like oh god i roll every time you mention you're off the x factor and uh you know it wasn't good for business <laughs> and it was a shame because you know we were right at the very in the height of it really i mean mm. 22 million viewers in our final the, the the only thing i think in in that sort of topped it as far as ratings that year was a, a big international football match 
for England. So, mm. yeah, it's um, it was it was a huge, huge series our year, and you know people sort of forget that. And but this is the thing, it's you know there's, there's people being born all the time, and you have got to keep yourself relevant, and and you can't sort of just keep looking back and going, well, well it was huge at the time, you know. Yeah. And X Factor just lost its relevance in the end, really, I think. And you know, but the the weird thing is, I mean, we got invited to do um x-factor all-stars and uh even that didn't end up happening for whatever reason i think that might have given it a little bit of a you know a kick up the backside but mm. but also you know it could have also put you know put the last nail in the coffin and at least now there's still a chance to do that when it's maybe nostalgic a few years in a few years yeah. time but it we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see something something will come up and and that you know because it always does and and I think at the moment everyone's just sort of laying low, waiting for that moment to strike because of because of COVID. Mm. And you know, there's a lot that is sort of on hold at the moment. But so, so how have you found obviously the last eighteen months as a performer, not oh. actually being able to perform and go out and, and and do your stuff to to live audiences? It must be incredibly difficult. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I've been doing absolutely everything in my power to to stay on top of it to stay relevant to make the most of everything and um without the live performance which really is what i'm all about um it's just been hugely difficult but um you know i'm very very proud i, I always wanted to make um the swing album that, that i ended up making and it gave me the opportunity to do that so i am thankful for that but mm. on the other hand you've got it, it gave me the ability not to be able to promote it <laughs> and yeah. go out and and you know do all the amazing things like perform it with a live band and uh you know do theater tours or whatever it is you know to try and get get it out there get people loving it and when people go and see you that's when it they really become fans because they can see what you're all about they're feeling it with all, all their senses when they're there mm. and and that that is where i'm, I'm a lot more alive it, as a person is when is when I'm on stage and it, it's like air to me and it's 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 been missing <laughs> but at the same time everyone's in the same boat so I'm not going oh poor me poor me everyone's got to make the the best of this situation and I definitely have been doing that and as I say I'm, I'm thankful that it gave me the chance to make that album and I think especially with the kind of swing style that totally lends itself to being performed live it's not necessarily the same as sticking on a, a kind of pop album and kind of dancing about your living room to it. it's one that really requires uh the, the kind of live music experience yeah. to, to really kind of get involved into it so um the track listing for it's interesting because it's all 90s pop songs and i don't think we've ever seen anything quite like that before obviously the likes of robbie williams has done a a, a swing album but it's all been the kind of old school Mac the Knife type stuff. So what made you kind of plump for doing the, the 90s songs, but with a swing vibe? I think it was, it was the time in my, in history where I, that I love the most. It was the biggest turnaround for me because obviously you're finding yourself through those years when you're younger and all of those pop songs just meant so much. They were like an awakening for me at that time. And the 90s was like, it, it had a bit of everything for me. It was a time it was highly emotional because like lost uh, certain people that were really special to me and stuff. And when that sort of thing happens as well, I think you become a lot closer to music and you find solace and stuff like that. And that that whole era was just was just everything to me. 
And um, so that that made sense to do that era. But it's funny also that you should mention Robbie Williams purely because uh, it, it was it did. I used to watch that all the time, all of his mannerisms at the Albert Hall, you know, the the performance that he gave, the confidence, the the way that he kind of felt fell naturally into swing. And, I, and I've always felt like I, I could do that, too. So mm. that it, it made complete sense. And there's one more reason as well. It was um, we did a uh, big band week on the X Factor yes. and uh, we did reach for the stars, which mm. was, uh, I mean, we were, you know, we got a lot of stick for not doing a traditional uh, big band song, but actually it really worked for us and it got people to understand what we were all about. So I always thought to myself, one day I'll come back to that. I think that was the thing in your era for X Factor. Uh, I remember the, the, for the first series of Pop Idol that Will Young won, and they actually released the the Swing Big Band album off the back of it. Because yeah, I love that. that. Was, yeah, yeah, it's a brilliant album. Uh, and but again, not everyone can do that terribly well. And I think they brought out kind of Big, big Bang theme every week, uh, every year on the X Factor, and every year it became less and less relevant to what they think they were trying to do. I think that again, they just probably did it too much to the point where it lost its kind of relevance a little bit. But yeah. Uh, I absolutely agree. Maybe our year when when they started throwing Reach for the Stars in Big Band Week, it made people kind of, kind of roll their eyes. But it it, it it certainly worked for us and gave gave us something, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's weird. I, I agree because I all that stuff of like you know someone wants to be the new Ed Sheeran and sit writing songs in their bedroom and then they take their guitar in and sing a original song. I mean, it makes sense, and I could see that working during our years but there was no choice of that at the time it was like you just sing covers yeah. and um because you go on and you do whitney or you go on and you do uh mariah or, um, oh yeah that's all i want for christmas in the final so yeah definitely i mean as i say it's it, that was what it was all about but it was good entertainment because people know the songs and it's great mm. for a saturday night and you can sing along and all that and it got a bit too cool in the end i feel um but at the same time it's like as artists you should either commit to one or the other and either kind of you know do all originals and and work from the ground up and try and get your music out there at all costs or you go the other way and do and, and do covers um but for for me it's because we were on the X Factor and then we came off off of it and we were willing to do whatever it took to get signed to Simon Cowell's label, etc. And then they were kind of mismatched, mixed them. So you had some originals and some covers on that first album. So it kind of set that it would do anything kind of vibe. Mm. So then, you know, and then also you look at the numbers and you're seeing that actually, apart from one or two songs, the covers are actually really popular. So then you're starting to think to yourself, well, if that's working and that's what the people want, they're, they're letting you know. So so let's roll with it. And I think that was something else that was in my mind when I released the Swing album, because I thought, you know, people love the covers on, on solo. Hazard is one, one of the songs that um, it was really popular and, you know, streamed really well. And so it ended up becoming a single. And. And, and and really that was like a last minute add-on because we thought we haven't we need one or two more songs and to know to then all of a sudden a and r another load of originals to then find one that really suits me was just going to take too long yeah. so let's go with something tried and tested so um yeah it's and it funny, really does it? suit you in terms of voice wise as well your version of hazard uh, is great it's, and i'm glad it's done so well for you but it just suits your kind of tone of voice Ah, oh, thank you. It was it was funny because um, 
all all credit has to go to the label for that because I think they just heard the the remastered version on the radio and just said we really think you should do this and I was a little bit apprehensive because you know it's again it's a classic cover um and I didn't really want to do covers at that time I wanted to be taken more seriously a lot of the rest of the album was kind of dark and edgy and 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 you know I mean that is that kind of song but it was it was taking me in a new direction but I'm so glad to their, you know, to their credit, they they got it right because it was a fan favourite. So, what sort of reaction have you had off the back of Swing for the Nineties? Of any of the kind of original artists, kind of reached out to you to say that they like your, your take on it? Absolutely. I mean, well, it was really touching actually because um, Sweetness by Michelle Gale. I did a cover of that, and it's the the opening song on the album, and it actually went to number one on the uh, iTunes Swing chart. And all thanks to her, really, because she championed it right from the start. And um, that was absolutely amazing. And uh, Ben Afedu from Fats and Small, he's, uh, he was championing um, Turner. We did a version of the classic, um, like, the classic um, club anthem, uh, Turnaround. And he got behind me for that too. So yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of great reaction. And uh, I think yeah, the, um, one of the honeys as well um, said that you know was supporting the, um, the 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 record that I did, end of the line, which was at the very end of the album. So it's I couldn't have asked for more. Um, the only thing I could have wished for is that I got I got to tour it because mm. you know. But but then having said that, there's still time, you know. Yep. Um, I, th- I think it's one of those things. I mean, I, I remember years, years and years after um, Andy Abraham was on the X Factor, he did a sort of big band swing tour. I even think that um, Ray Quinn is doing one at the moment. He is, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so, him and somebody else, I think. It's like uh, Shane Richard Jr., is it? That's it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing it because I think it's coming to my local theatre, and I, I looked at that and thought, well, it, it does happen. Yeah. Um, but this is obviously a different, a different take on it, and um, you know, it's not those classic records. It's, it's a slightly different um, audience as well because you know <clears throat> that those Rat Pack style ones are going to sell because they are loved by the older generation. But this is kind of appealing to you know the people that love that swing stuff and the big band sound but also the people that that love all the Space 90s and you kind of have to garden. love that yeah, yeah exactly yeah. you have to like that kind of music in order to love it too so it's um but i just know I, that as soon as as soon as this goes out there's a live band there i'm singing it live you know the suits on i'm showing the, the confidence um it's something that that could take off and and really have something so you know it's uh I'm not sort of talking about this album as if it's all done and dusted now. I, I think there's a hell of a lot of future in it. Mm, absolutely. And we mentioned Steps earlier. So right in Banging Heart in the middle of the album, you've got one for Sorrow on there. And um, that kind of suits the, the style as well. But is there any songs that maybe didn't make the cut on this one that would maybe fit a sequel if you were to, to do another <laughs> song album? Well, I thought about volume two, um, <laughs> but do, do you know, what was the one that we, um, do you know, it, I think it was Sybil. Love alas was oh, a sweet yeah. love, love alas was a sweet love, I will never love again. You know that, you know that one? Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was right on the cusp of making it and it didn't quite make the cut. And I think in the end it was because we we were so 
wanting to use genuine jazz um session musicians and of mm. course that comes at a cost <laughs> yeah okay. so uh, in the end we thought you know rather than you know run away with ourselves as far as you know the cost for the album let's do 10 really solid ones and unfortunately that was the one that didn't make the cut mm. but to be honest i mean when we were going through all the songs there i mean there are even ones that come to mind now even after making the album that i think oh that would be great <laughs> and uh it's you know but i'm not but there's also of course the option of like swing for the noughties or swing for the 80s yeah, or, but um i don't know it's a weird one i think i need to tour it and see what people people's real reaction is to it because there's been no chance of doing that whereas Ooh. i've done a lot of the the songs from my solo album live and people now have got like emotional con- connection and ties to it whereas i haven't got that with this album um so you know it's it's one of those where it's (laughs) if if people really do like it i mean i've seen nothing but good stuff online and and everyone that does listen always you know has a lot of respect for how it was put together and and how the quality is high and everything so it's it's one of those you just have to wait and see what the future holds no absolutely um okay talking about the future um just recently announced uh, you're going to be back treading the boards this winter uh, back doing panto uh, in your local area uh, talk to us a little bit about that and you've done this a few times now i absolutely have yeah i mean i guess it's one of those things really when you're i mean same difference lent itself to panto all day long so we were happy you know and smiley i think you know i've got that sort of you know old school prince look i guess <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> yeah. so i'm always getting booked for that kind of stuff and but i absolutely love it i was, I was only saying earlier um in another show that you know I, I i did we were rock here and that was you know supposedly this huge deal but really the difference between that and doing a panto i mean uh, to people watching of course it's better but performing it it's not dissimilar and it's a hell of a lot of fun <laughs> honestly it's a hell of a lot of fun people don't realize it and also you need to kind of get it and know it and know how to do it because some people can can get panto so wrong you know but i've kind of grown up with it and i i love it it without doing a pantomime my christmas is nowhere near as fun so i do it just for that really but um yeah they've just announced um amy hart from uh, love island, island. Yeah. yeah so that's good it's going to be fun to yeah. work with her i mean it'd be interesting yeah. yeah exactly but bums on seats and yeah i mean it was i mean we didn't I, I, I did the same place last year but obviously at the time it was um we went into like lockdown and things so it unfortunately got shut down early but i mean it was really selling fantastically well yeah. It really is one of those things that, that is really popular down here and it's a really big, nice theatre. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting stuck back stuck in. But, um, you know, I, what I really want to do is get get this this my own live stuff up and up and sure. going. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love Panto. It's so much fun and I'm sure it's going to be a brilliant show. Yeah, we spoke to, to Mark actually on, on last month's show as well because he's got Panto coming up as well. So I think just you've got to do what you need to do to kind of keep yourself working and, and kind of yeah. out there in front of an audience. And I think, as you say, a live audience is a live audience, no matter yeah. what your your kind of your genres or what the material is. So um, all the best with that. And hopefully yeah. 
things are starting now to to open up with the restrictions going and that should um, allow artists like yourself and everyone else to, to get back out on the road and back out performing in front of our fans and, and a live audience because God, we've all been waiting for that. <laughs> it definitely out. seems that way anyway. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of friends because obviously, you know, my, my Facebook and Insta and all that kind of stuff is absolutely full up with, with, with people that I've worked with over the years. And it seems like people are starting to get things again. What I will say is that I've seen a few... Um, like pictures of shows reopening but the the audiences are really thin and stuff it's it's, it's just not going to be the same for quite some time I feel but at the end of the day if you're out there performing you know you're working in this industry you, you could be really thankful but also you know just just enjoy every moment of it because it's what we live for as I said before yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, is the, the door closed completely on Same Difference now? Uh, I know you, you get back together for a, a charity record last year, but is that you and Sarah finished working together? Or? Yeah, I've always said that. That was that was a one-off speciality, really. And also mm. it was a chance to, to get the kids from Sarah's dance school involved. And obviously we were so touched by everything that was happening with, with everyone coming together right at the beginning of lockdown. Um, and, you know, it was a really special time. And we felt like we wanted to do what we could to help for the, for the NHS charity you know um but i said then and I'll, I'll say it again i don't i can't see anything else happening but you know what the weird thing was we we got offered to um it, it was funny because they were going to bring back the show that we finished at christmas and because it was selling so well and i think we played to like five thousand people but they had sold something like twenty five thousand. so they knew that they had these other tickets sold that they had to give the money back but they were like right let's finish what we started but do in the summer but of course pantomime in the summer doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily work but um because the the fairy couldn't from christmas couldn't do it due to work commitments they um they offered it to Sarah, so we were gonna actually tread the balls together wow. for the first time in many years, but unfortunately, obviously, it didn't happen in the end. I think who wants to be inside when, and also people didn't know whether they could go away on holiday, mm. <laughs> and so it made complete sense to me. But it was a shame, but also in a weird way, all of a sudden a lot of pressures come to you again when it's like, oh, same difference, going to be performing and. You know, it's some people think, oh, just leave it in the past, you know. <laughs> yeah. And absolutely. and so it was opening up a can of worms. It didn't really need to be because we're both sort of doing successful stuff on our own right now. So, yeah. you know, it's it's all good. But no, is the answer to it. But what I will say is never say never because, of course, if they come to us again and say, look, we want to bring it back for an all stars like they did before. I mean, we were um and ahhing about that and ended up going, come on, we got to do it. And obviously that didn't happen too. So um, there might be a chance in the future is all I'm saying, but we've definitely not got, we're not going to be writing a recording or anything no, like that. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I, I might get to see you performing once. Though, <laughs> um, but no, thank you very much for coming on, Sean. All the best with the things opening up and the promotion of the albums. Uh, we will get some links put out when we put the show out um, as well so people can, can find you. Um, but no, all the best with that and thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, Gary. And thanks for all your kind words. I've really enjoyed chatting. No, thanks very much, Sean. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you. All the best. Take care. Bye.
to a Quite the Thing media production of Quite the Music, distributed as part of Quite the Music collab.